This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, Wednesday, uh, April 22nd, uh, roughly 35 hours away from the beginning of the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft. Uh, Locked On Browns with your host here, Jeff Lloyd from SI.com. Mr. Pete Smith, take you through you know, league news here, league chatter, Brown stuff, obviously, as we get closer and closer to the kickoff tomorrow, Thursday at 8 p.m. First things first, Pete, um, what's the status, you know, for where you're at in Ohio? How's, you know, basically, you know, the state holding up, the county holding up, numbers increasing, holding steady? How's everything going, bud? Uh. I, I mean, I think everybody's numbers are still going up, but Ohio seems to be doing better than most places, I think, uh, just because they got sort of out in front of this uh, in terms of the whole uh, social distancing and shutting everything down, you know, basically as early as anybody. So I think that's part of the problem you have with some of these people who are like protesting and stuff is because it hasn't been that bad, it doesn't seem that bad. So people are inclined to want to try to open things up when, you know, what's uh, happening, what what's going on is actually working, and that's why they need to keep doing it. Yeah, um, for me, as people, you know, oh, let's open things up. Let's, you know, you get back to normalcy um, when you're still talking somewhere between, you know, 2,200 to 3,000 deaths per day and uh, uh, a total climbing close to 50,000, you know, dead Americans. Yeah, I I just, you know, I I just don't see it, guys. Um, I understand everybody's got the cabin fever. I understand everybody wants to get back to the normalcy. But, uh, you know, it just, it, it makes no sense here. And the last thing anybody wants to do is end up becoming part of any statistic. Um, but enough on that for now. Obviously, we got something here we can do for three days here for all us sports fans. It's been, uh, I think, tomorrow will be six weeks, I believe, you know, five, six weeks total since we had legit, real, live sports. Um, so, you know, we get to get a little taste of something here, something to whet the appetite here. Um, Pete, before, we sat down about a calendar year ago. We did an episode and we talked about the retirement of Rob Gronkowski and you know, how he never seemed like a player who was going to be, you know, long for the league due to the history, injury history, and just due to the fact that he had other interests outside the game. Um, flip the script here. One year later, um, Rob Gronkowski is going to be joining Tom Brady, with, you know, with the Bucks here. Um, first things first, Tampa, it just seems so weird, you know, basically going all in for one year that, you know, who knows, abbreviated couldn't exist whatsoever but pete this in tampa this has got all the recipe of three and 13 or 13 and three there's there's no in between with what's going on here with what tampa's doing uh i just don't know that rob gronkowski is better than oj howard uh at this point um and and i and i and i get the argument that rob gronkowski you know essentially retired because of Bill Belichick, but his back, his knees, you know, all these things that have gone wrong with him, you know, those still count. They're not, you know, they didn't disappear. So I don't know how that holds up. I mean, you know, in the best circumstances, he still misses, you know, a number of games. And I, you know, I don't know if the Bucks are sort of prepared to essentially say, 
all right, we'll see you week, you know, 12 or 13, and we'll get you in game shape and ready for a playoff run, assuming they make it that far, because you just can't rely on that, uh, you know, anything you know, more than that. Uh, you know, obviously they want to make the playoffs and all the all this stuff, but at the same time, uh, you know, Rob Gronkowski's sort of for the playoffs. So I don't know how this sort of works out. And, you know, it generally doesn't work out super well when you just add a bunch of older players. Um, not not that this constitutes a bunch, but, I mean, if that's sort of where this is headed, I just – that, you know, I, I just get, you know, Lakers vibe when they added Gary Payton, Carl Malone, and those guys uh, that went absolutely nowhere. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, everybody, when Tom Brady got there, you t- everybody talked about, oh, well, this would be the year for OJ Howard. And, you know, now you go ahead and bring in Gronk. Um, and we'll get to OJ Howard and a couple other names here has, you know, <laughs> that tendency always seems to do here, but yeah, I, I do agree with you. It just seems like you're <clears throat> trying to fix, you know, look in new England, obviously they have their course, six Super Bowls. nothing there is ever going to change and no reason to feel bad that it was time to make some changes here. But when you you know you start moving on from some parts and you're okay with it, and you know somebody else just thinking they're going to be essentially reinventing, you know the wheel with the same parts here. Like you said, you're not going to escape the fact that you know Rob Gronkowski, although he is only going to turn 31 years old, he may have the body closer to a 41 year old man. You can say whatever you want about Tom Brady, Father Time is going to catch up with everybody just by the fact because of the fact that he's going to be in a better you know you know, better climate, you know, better weather, and he'll get to play, you know, in addition to eight games in Tampa Bay, gets to play two road games in domes, gets to play, you know, another game in Carolina. If that falls correctly, it's another game where weather's not going to be too much of an issue. Uh, you still got work to do, you know, if you're Tampa Bay. Um, if you want to get something done with Kareem Hunt here in the next 34 hours, that'd be fantastic. We're, uh, you know, all the more receptive to listen to things of that nature here. Um, now, as it's looking here, Pete, there's still a pretty impressive list of free agents that are still available here. And it doesn't look like much is going to change here. I mean, like guys like Clowney and things like that, are are we going to look at this as teams saying, you know, is his value essentially going to up if for teams who weren't able to hit on what is going to be a small, small edge rusher class? Is that going to help him where all of a sudden maybe, you know, late Thursday night, Friday during the day, all of a sudden – the market for some of these guys starts to take shape a little bit more and maybe picks up a boatload more steam, so to speak. Well, yeah, I think we've entered that point where, you know, everything's good. Everything, whether it's Cam Newton, whether it's Jameis Winston, whether it's, you know, uh, Jadevian Clowney and uh, uh, Minnesota pass rusher are all going to wait until, you know, after the draft. And yeah, I, I suppose for some of these, you could absolutely see a situation where uh, they, uh, you know, their value might go up slightly for teams that that weren't able to do that. So if a team like Seattle is unable to draft a pass rusher, you know, maybe they have to, I don't know if it necessarily raise their offer, but they may feel more inclined to feel the pressure to get that deal done. Uh, And some of these other teams that, are in the same boat with with quarterbacks and stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're you get into that what what is truly a secondary market when it comes to uh, those free agents and stuff 
after the draft, and especially in this year, I think uh, more than normal is just how unusual uh, the amount of guys still available are, uh, which you know certainly changes things. But uh, the nature of the whole having to get physicals done and stuff in a very small window makes it seemingly unlikely that uh, there's going to be a ton of movement. I think uh, the only way you're going to get sort of something put up to the front burner would be like in the situation with Bronkowski where it was a trade and he's got to, you know, essentially prove he's healthy. Uh, then they, they need to get it done right now. Uh, but when free agency, it, it, there's less of a, an urgency to get done. It can sort of wait. So with that, I think free agency in general will wait. Yeah. I mean, just all, you know, all more part of what's become a complicated off season, a different off season, an off season, like, We've never seen here uh, with the way things are shut down here. Um, we'll get to a couple uh, trade targets and things of that nature here. And, you know, get on that here in a little bit here. Your Wednesday edition, 35 hours out of Locked On Browns. Host Jeff Lloyd with SI.com. It's Pete Smith. Uh, if you were like me, you probably start thinking about what you're going to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch in this house right now. Sometimes it's discussed over breakfast. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered to the house without leaving, without going through the door. Uh, all I got to do is, you know, obviously wave, place the order through the app. Given what's going on in the world right now, uh, you're avoiding contact by any means whatsoever. So now when I order from a local restaurant, everything gets left right outside my front door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which have been using orders, takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. If you all want to get back to your normal life, you're hoping that there's going to be places to go to. I've only been ordering from local places because it's a great way to support my community and ensure the fact when I get back to my normalcy in life, they will be there. And Postmates just doesn't deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up anything I might need from Walgreens or 7-Eleven and again, drop them right outside the front door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorites and get anything you want, again, delivered within the hour to your front door. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for the first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDONNFL, no space, all caps, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L. That's code LOCKEDONNFL for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. You need anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates will be there for you. Now, Pete, we're getting into this point now here, and you know, these names are never going to go away. That's part of the reason why I want the draft to get over here. Um, and now with each passing day, you know, whether it's now OJ Howard or you know, the Colts listing names, or even the 49ers here, we're getting into this point here where people are essentially putting you know the trash out a couple days early by the curb hoping somebody else will take it away. They are involved with players that they don't see they have futures with here. We have a lot of Browns fans that are ready to just scrap what has been a three-month plan, you know, by Andrew Barry, by Paul DePodesta, by the front office and the coaching staff here. And now everybody just wants to kind of essentially, you know, flip the script here, you know, within two days from the draft here. And whether it's a Trent Williams, we know we've been down this road a million stinking times. Malik Hooker, it's a similar road here. O.J. Howard, a, a, another similar type of road here. 
there is a plan in place. And I don't think after a hundred or so days, everybody's going to go shred it in the Berea office and then say, all right, well, let's start from scratch here. Here's the new approach. And I hope everybody's on page and let's get 72 people on the same page through zoom meetings. So we're ready to go in a day and a half at 8 PM Eastern. Well, I don't think the Browns are like surprised by any of this. You can set your watch by when this is going to happen. Uh, you have, in the case of both OJ Howard and Malik Cooker, you have guys entering the fourth year of their rookie con- of their first round pick rookie contract. So uh, relatively early in the summer, you have to decide if you are picking up that fifth year option, and if that's a uh, pick outside the top, I believe, 10 picks. Uh, it's an average of the top 25 salaries uh, at that position in that year. So if you're not sure where you know, you're know you going with these players and you don't want to have to decide to either pick up what is an expensive option, like Malik Hooker's is $11.51 million, assuming nobody else signs a new contract for next year, which which case it would likely go up. Um, or uh, O.J. Howard, which is probably going to be around 10. Uh, then you might try to trade them and see if you can get something, especially if you're a team like the Buccaneers or the Colts who want to win now and don't want to wait for a compensatory pick that might come if these guys walk, if they turn down that option, walk in free agency and maybe go somewhere else. They'd rather get something now uh, to try to help them in the case of, the, you know, the Colts added Phillip Rivers, the Bucks added Tom Brady, the 49ers uh, have, you know, player, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to win right now. So that's how this happens. So if you're looking ahead of time, you can look at next year, uh, and look at guys who are going to be on that they're entering the fourth year their 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 first uh first round contract and who's going to have a difficult decision on option to pick up and that's where this happens which is how the Browns ended up with Demarius Randall now obviously in that case they gave up nothing uh in trading Deshaun Kaiser away but that's the other the other side of this is you generally don't get much um, because you are essentially handing the team that would be trading them a bill. Uh, the, 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 the contract in 2020 is, is nothing. Malik Hooker's is like a hair over $2 million. In fact, the Colts would have to eat almost $2 million, uh, to, to move on from him. So if it's true that they're doing that, that, that would be part of the reason. But if you trade for them, you almost feel like you have to pick up the fifth-year option, which is what the Browns did with Demarius Randall, which was $9 million at the time. Obviously, that didn't work out very well. Uh, but if you're the Browns now, you may not be interested in, in $11 million uh, of salary in Malik Hooker when he's the third best safety. If you go by last year and like PFF and just their production and stuff, he's not, he wasn't better than Anderson Dejo. He wasn't better than Carl Joseph. So unless you're giving up like a seventh round pick or some player you don't care about uh, and are perfectly content to sort of let Malik Hooker walk uh, after this year, then it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he could be a really interesting, you know, sort of nickel piece where he plays too high and plays that center fielding role. But uh, whether it's not coming back from the knee injury that he suffered as a rookie quite 
the same player or whatever else. It just hasn't worked, and the Colts have cap room. They're trying to if they're trying to do this, it's because they want to get something for the player uh, that they don't believe in. And I don't know if the Browns are in the market for players other teams don't believe in. In in the case of OJ Howard, um, you have that exact situation with David and Joku right now. They're in the same draft class. They both have the same option to pick up. So if you were to trade for him and you pick up one option and you don't pick up the other option, that's sort of an awkward situation, especially if it's you pick up Howard's but don't pick up Njoku's. Uh, but that would, you know, let's say you pick up all their options and you've got about $30 million in contracts for tight, the tight end position. It just doesn't make much sense. So, you know, I, I, there there are situations where it could be re- reasonable to, to, to add this type of player. I just don't think it makes any sense in the case of Hooker or Howard. No, um, you already committed to the you know safety spot. And obviously, if you had spoken with Indianapolis, I'm sure their thoughts were a couple of months ago, maybe Hooker could have been had. Um, O.J. Howard, this was already addressed. You know, O.J. Howard would have fit what you're paying Austin Hooper to do. It makes no sense at this point. Trent Williams, we've been down this road a million times, everybody. I don't care what the draft pick is. And this is the one I tried to get into yesterday. Yes, there's the possibility the Browns can trade back from 10, but you don't know anything until you get into the draft. Right now, the Browns hold seven selections. You give up one of those selections for Trent Williams and everybody, oh, that's okay, just draft another tackle. Okay, so now you've committed two of your seven draft assets to the offensive tackle position. You've got five picks left. You still have work to do you need a wide receiver you need secondary help you need defensive line help you need linebacker help um you know it just it's just too much and especially for a guy that's going to be 32 years old and it's in everybody oh we can get physical done Gronk Gronk got one done yesterday it's not a simple physical Trent Williams uh you know it's obviously you know had the cancer scare it's the legs you know where's his body at after 20 months of not playing the game it's it's just not a road this team needs to go down. And if you look at the type of players they addressed in free agency, other than Claiborne, every one of these guys was, you know, coming off first contracts, 26, 27, 28 years old. I think Billings even 25. It just doesn't match the MO of, you know, what this team has done to this point here. Pete, you know, I was wondering where we were going to be on, you know, whether it's smoke or whether it's not smoke as we get into it here. And it's, it's arrived here. Um, to Tagliavola, question or not, whether or not he goes top 10. Jerry Judy, um, all of a sudden, you know, a Bama injury, you know, daunting, possible knee history. Um, even one Yahoo trying to say Cole Komet is going to be the number one, is going to be a first-round tight end when you have others telling you, I would take 10 wide receivers in this class before I would even touch the tight end position. What's to believe here, Pete? What's to not believe? Let's start. Is Tua going to fall Thursday night? Yeah, so just not – I don't think it's going to be dramatic. I just think he's going to go after Herbert. So you say Miami ends up with Justin Herbert? Yes. Now, well, then, if it's not the Los Angeles Chargers, which it certainly could be, you know, Tua, obviously not an L.A. kid, but Hawaii the closest to Los Angeles. You can try to you may hopefully tap into that fan base here, you know, to bring people to this new stadium. I mean, they're hard, hard enough time selling out a soccer stadium as it is. Um, so there certainly is that possibility. If it's not Miami, where does Tua go? Um, I think his basement is the Raiders. Um, I'm not sure who's going to actually grab him. It, it, I mean, it, it, 
it wouldn't surprise me if it's Jacksonville. Um, just, you know, it's not to say that they don't like Gardner Minshew. I think they do, but they may just look at this as an opportunity where they can't resist. And Jacksonville is in a unique situation in the fact that they are um, bad. Um, they're not going to be better. They could actually take the time and basically sit to it for a whole year if they wanted to and get him ready to a, a year that's going to make more sense. Uh, because they, they do still have Minshew, and that is a useful sort of situation for them. So I think Jacksonville may go ahead and grab him. Makes for an interesting, interesting one. Um, I do wonder if, you know, New England's ready to maybe just scrap the farm of assets they have and move on up, um, especially if you're getting, talking about maybe getting into that 12 and 13 range. It does seem odd that they've added, you know, nothing other than Hoyer at the quarterback quarterback position Jerry Judy the knees um the storyline Pete it's it's not hard to believe I mean we've done this dance with Alabama players almost every year for got to be six seven years now are we taking this as fact here Jerry Judy do we believe there's some sort of knee issues and if it does how far does Jerry Judy fall yes Schefter reported that he's got a knee issue so yeah I mean, it, 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 it's it's Bama. It's Bama season. Um, I do think it'll fall. I, I just don't, you know, and it and it's not, I, and I think it could be dramatic uh, only because the, the, the top group of receivers is so tightly knit that I think, you know, if you're looking for a tiebreaker, you know, a, a real question with a knee makes that a real easy thing. Now, um, this is one of those deals where, you know, teams knew had to know about this for a while, and it's just coming to public now, and they're just sort of catching up to this. But I assume teams have been sort of planning around this for a while. But, yeah, and, again, Oakland with one of those picks would not surprise me. Like, if they were to, if they were to somehow get Tua at 12 and then get Judy at 19, that would not surprise me in the least. So I do think he's going to tumble a little bit. I do think it's going to be – it's just the nature of that wide receiver class. They're so competitive, and, and a knee makes it very easy to sort of go, well, do we like you know, Henry Ruggs better? Do we like C.D. Lamb better? Do we like whoever? There's just so many. I mean, it may, maybe that bumps up a guy like Denzel Mims a little bit or, or, or Jalen Rager. But, uh, look, I mean, Bama's history is terrifying, and you've got something you can confirm. Now, the thing that nobody's talking about is, is what does it actually mean? What is it? Is it, you know, something that's going to be, you know, repairable, which, you know, certainly isn't what you want to have happen now, or is it degenerative? And there's been no indication of that. So, yeah, it's it's the type of thing that scares – which why every year I'm terrified of Bama players. I, you know, I'm terrified of Jedrick Wills. Uh, we're going to find out something weird about him. It seems like that one has stayed steady and he's, he's ready to go. But, you know, Jonah Williams went 11th last year and then almost immediately busted his shoulder. And it was, you know, something that was essentially lingering from Bama that it was a little bit of a ticking time bomb type thing. And boom, he goes off for the year. So uh, for all their success, uh, they, they scare the crap out of me. Yeah. And the other thing is there ain't no warranty in this, baby. You do your homework. It's a final sale, so to speak, with anything you were taking out. 
of Tuscaloosa. Uh, from SA.com, Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd here on Locked On Browns. If you could all just be so kind, do me a favor here. Um, if you're not subscribed, make sure you are. Drop a rating, drop a review for the show here. Uh, just things to help us along here. You know, we're just going to keep cruising through here on draft week. Um, more with each day here, I'm getting more and more of the itch, um, to get really, really excited about this process this year. It's almost felt a little disingenuous, but the closer and closer we get for me, the engines are getting kicking here. So, uh, you know, wherever you're subscribed, if you're not subscribed, go ahead make sure you leave a rating and review for Locked On Browns, please. And thank you. Okay, Pete. Now the over 2020 NFL draft here at 10, are the Browns going to get a guy? Where would you put the odds at? Do you think the Browns make the selection at 10 or the two top targets are not going to be there? I think they're ultimately going to trade down. The The thing that makes me feel, I guess, slightly encouraged is the fact that everybody's so confident that Jedrick Wills is going to go in that top 10 area. Uh, but if you believe the reporting that, you know, all these teams are, are taking a very logical step to say that, Andrew Thomas is very good. He's going to go earlier than people think, which he should. But I don't know what that actually means, uh, earlier than what. But uh, if he's gone, if Wills is gone, uh, you know, would it be great to see Tristan Werps somehow land a 10? Sure. I just, uh, to me, uh, in that scenario, just looking at it, I think the Chargers would be the team that grabs him. Um, But, yeah, if right now I'd put I'd put uh, I'd put the likelihood on trading, um, and I don't think the Browns are uncomfortable in that situation. I just think that's that's just sort of where this is process is going. It just it seems to line up more and more, and especially with the way you know the, the talk is going to be. Obviously, it's going to be a question of. When the tackle run starts, does it start with the New York Giants, which could be Jedrick Wills, could be Tristan Wirfs. Uh, it's, you know, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, you may get up to the choice here where, you know, maybe it's Mackay Becton or trade down at 10. You're not sure how they're going to feel about Becton with, you know, some of the recent news on him. The fact that he's limited in pass pro, especially when you're looking at things under the analytic lens that is going on in the front office of the Cleveland Browns, the way it is currently construed. From Big Joe, Pete, trying to think outside the box. Um, we'll let you give a player here. If it is not, say they stay at 10, it's not offensive tackle. Big Joe, I'm sorry. It's not going to be Chase on the defensive end from LSU. Is there any player other than an offensive tackle, if they were to select a 10, you'd be comfortable with? I don't know if I'd be comfortable with it, but I would understand if they were to take C.J. Uh, CJ Henderson from Florida. Um, he is a six-one, two hundred pound corner with four-three speed and man cover skills. I mean, um, and and again, I don't think this would be like, oh, well, that means that you know they're done with um, with with uh, Greedy Williams. I just think they would say, look, we have this many uh, good corners, and that's never going to be a bad thing, and we're never going to, you know. Uh, See, see this as, as negative, but just to see the opportunity to say, you know, we've got, we see a Pro Bowl profile, which is what Denzel Ward had coming back, you're coming out. He's got a size uh, dimension to him that, that Ward did not have. He's, you know, 15 pounds heavier than Greedy Williams was coming out, if not more. Uh, and he's aggressive to make plays on the ball and he can play man and run with anybody. Um, 
you know, certainly I think, look, if, if, if Akuda was somehow to, to be there, certainly I think they would run to the, run that up as opposed to Henderson. But I think Henderson is a, is a good player that, uh, you know, fits what they think is important. Um, you know, corner being a really, really valuable position. Obviously, if they had a really good corner opposite Denzel Ward, who's, you know, a very good player himself, um, you know, that would only benefit Miles Garrett. That would only benefit Sheldon Richardson, uh, Adrian Claiborne, Olivier Vernon. All those guys just get better if they have another great corner. And the Browns would then be in a situation where they have, like, four or five very qualified corners on any given snap, which is, you know, sort of a terrifying scenario if your team's, uh, you know, that want to spread, spread, spread them out and, and run a ton of different receivers out there. That's sort of a, you know, a position of strength at that point. Uh, it's, he's an interesting player, certainly on the rise here. And then you have other, you know, you have certain draft analysts saying that the gap between Jeff Okuda and CJ Henderson, isn't nearly as deep as, you know, other folks would want to believe here. Brown's always two one six. That actually takes care of your question as well here. Um, from Joe Kitka, Pete, give me one rumor that you were hearing Browns wise that has disaster written all over it. <laughs> That's always a good one. Uh, so to me, the, I mean, I, I'm, I'm still with the Trent Williams thing. I mean, I think, I think the latest rumor there is basically suggesting that Trent Williams is one, the in case of emergency break glass option, and two that uh, if, you know, the, the Bronx are very much trying to communicate, and I, and I don't, dis, you know, I don't want to say I, I don't believe them, but they are very um, insistent that they will not be forced into any particular pick. So, um, in other words, if, you know, again, if, if they are at the 10th pick, and, you know, the, works and Toms are gone. They don't like the other guys, and yet they don't find a trade. They like her. Maybe they even trade down a few spots, and, you know, they still decide that the value for them is better to take, uh, you know, let's, again, let's say C.J. Henderson. Let's say they traded down to 15. He's still there, and they're like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll go ahead and grab him. Um, then, you know, then it's more – feasible that they could go the Trent Williams route. The thing that I, that, that makes me nervous about that um, is the notion that if you do that, if, if you, if you don't take uh, Trent Williams, or I'm not Trent, if you don't take a tackle at that first pick, then you at least seemingly uh, hand the leverage to the Redskins in this thing who have not, you know, obviously they haven't priced this guy to move. So if they aren't pricing him to move and you sort of put yourself in a position where you effectively need Trent Williams, that could be a, an ugly situation in terms of what that you then have to give up to get him. Uh, yeah, again, 100%. That is something you just don't want to touch in, in any area, any avenue. You know, the way this fell, you know, the draft fell for them is a really, really strong offensive tackle class. Wherever you end up in round one, you should be able to address it. Um, and even, you know, you have, you know, uh, Ian Rappaport now reporting, uh, you know, the clock is ticking and you know, physical would be required and yeah, again, just everybody that's, it's just not the, not the stone to overturn 
so to speak here. Um, safety position here, Pete. We're still unsure whether or not there will be a safety that goes round one. Um, obviously, we have the dream of Grant Delpit at 41, which is, you know, slim. Let's put an odds on Grant Delpit actually being there at 41. They're, they're slim. Uh, the the there are a couple teams. I think even uh, I think Houston is it Houston that picks right in front of them. Um, yes, they they could be in the market for Grant Delpit. Uh, you know, to grab him. I think the best case scenario for uh, Grant Delpit to make it there is, you know, there's one team that wants to safety in front of uh, of the Browns, and they, you know, they take Jeremy Chin, for example, and maybe that's what would allow. Grant Delpit to be there, but I, I don't think so. And, and at the same time, I'm not uncomfortable with the idea of trading up to move, to get him. Now, I don't would not trade into the first round. I'm just meaning, you know, half a dozen picks up in the second round for for you know one year day three picks or you know smaller pick next year um, because you have a couple extras. If, if that's the case, then you want to go get him because I, I really do think he's just a great, great fit for what Joe was, wants to do on this defense. The fact that he could play uh, both deep safety spots and the slot, um, he's got prototypical size. He's, I mean, he's a big safety. He's, you know, 213 pounds and six, two and a half. That's a, a big safety. Obviously, that doesn't look as big when you're talking about Jeremy Chin, but I'm still not sure Jeremy Chin is actually a safety. Uh, so, I, I don't think it's likely he'll be there at 41. Stranger things have happened. The gambling odds put him at some strange places uh, for all that's worth. But, uh, no, I don't, I don't think it's a, a great situation. But um, that that's the thing that sort of scares me a little bit is I don't love many of the safeties in this class. Uh, I, I don't think it's a very good class for safeties. So if you can't get that guy, I, I, I'm not sure what you add this year that makes you feel good about 2021 or if you just have to sort of punt for a year and hope it gets better for next year. It could also be the reason that the Browns went out and signed two safeties in free agency here. Final one here, Pete. When it's all said and done come Saturday, whether it's you know 5 p.m., 6 p.m. Eastern, how many selections in the 2020 NFL draft will the Browns have made? Um, I'm going to guess eight. Um, I, I think they're going to trade down, get a pick this year. Uh, and I think they do. I, 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 I'm fully prepared to be wrong on this, but I do really think the Browns, if they trade down, would like to get assets this year and next year because I think they want assets uh, next year that are extra that allow them to potentially trade picks and get a Darius Slay type deal if they feel good about where they're at, get an impact player. They'll have the cap room to sort of add that guy and, and take a really big step forward. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm going to go with eight. Uh, but, uh, you know, they could go a lot of different directions. They could go, um, you know, they could trade back to first, get their tackle, get a few extra assets, and then do some other things where they trade up to get specific targets because just certain positions – um, are thin. They have talent, but you you almost have to get your guy. And if, if you have to get your guy, um, you may have to make some moves to get them. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be more than seven, unless something dangles that it, you know something worthy for a trade 
dangles here because I do believe, you know, they'll move back from 10 here. Um, and guys, you know, some of these trades you're all you're looking forward to here. Um, and as far as the return, I think you're a little bit high on those. I do want to sneak this one in here, Pete, because we've gotten a lot of talk. I've gotten a lot of push towards me the last couple of days on this one here. With the state of college football and obviously all the sports here right now, could we see possibly the craziest supplemental draft in NFL history? Wait, say that again? With the, the possibility, the lingering, that maybe there would not be a college football season, could we see the craziest supplemental draft in NFL history? Um, well, first, I would say there's going to be a college season. Um, I, I, I think it, it's going to be the absolute hardest thing to get done. Of all the sports things out there, college football is going to be the most difficult. But given the fact that college college sports economy relies on it um i think they're going to figure it out but yes yeah absolutely it could um and what makes this strange is that if the xfl didn't pull the plug enjoy your legal issues on that vince mcmahon um (laughs) uh that if 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 somehow college football wasn't going to happen this year this would have been the year to have an XFL or an AAF or whatever where you say, hey, college guys, you can come right in and play for us like the kid from uh, West Virginia did this year. Um, professional League has far less um, to have to go right than, a, uh, than, uh, than college. Just college has to be able to be on campus. Otherwise, you are admitting the fact that, look, it's amateur sports, but it isn't. You have to be able to at least pretend like it's a college to have college sports, whereas the XFL needs far less to go right. So in that scenario, unless the XFL has some nefarious plan where they're going to sort of reorganize and, and make this happen, which really seems unlikely, the the reality is this would have been the dream scenario for the XFL to be viable in the same way that, you know, the NBA's uh, G League is trying to do that. And they have, you know, I think they're making it a team around a kid um, yeah, like that's a real opportunity to make that thing viable because you just need so much left to go right. So if there's nothing like that, but yeah, this absolutely could be a, a massive supplemental draft. Um, and you look at you know for me like you know I just I go back to a player like Travis Etienne who you know look we've had all the success here. Why don't we keep the ball rolling here? And obviously the whole thing contingent for Travis Etienne and was let's have one more college football season here. Um, yeah, again because uh, you know the, the hardships that not having a college football season for the NCAA. It's, it's, it's staggering. Absolutely staggering. And let's not forget about the fact that, you know, Vince McMahon may have helped cover up a murder in the mid eighties in Pennsylvania in regards to Superfly Jimmy Snooker. So would be the first time uh, Vince has had himself in uh, basically the, the wrongs, so to speak here, Pete top nine selections before we put a bed to this one, what's going to be in your opinion, the biggest head scratcher, the strangest, pick of the top nine before the Browns get on the clock? Um, I guess it, I guess it's Derek Brown for me. And there are teams where he makes a ton of sense. I mean, I hate him for the Browns uh, for any number of reasons. I, I understand why people are super, super high on him. Um, and, and he was downright dominant in a number of college games. I, it just, 
you know, like the kid, the kid that uh, Tampa took from Washington or, or Danny Shelton or anything, these, these guys where, you know, you pick a guy hoping he can be a three down player that never has to come off the field other than, you know, rotating him uh, that can impact every aspect of the game. And then you find out, well, in fact, he can't do that. And he's a two down player. And we used the first round pick on a nose tackle. Uh, that doesn't do what you need. And when so many of these teams, like the Bronze, for example, uh, are able to go out and get a guy who can do that job for, in this case, one year, three, $3.5 million. That's such a risky proposition to me. And that's, again, I think Derek Brown's a really talented player. And like, if you're the Falcons and your team is super, super soft, then a Derek Brown might be just what the doctor ordered. But or, or Arizona, they're another team that could make a lot of sense for that. But in general, uh, I, I think that's the one that's tricky. And I think ultimately he probably doesn't go in the top 10. I think he's going to go later. Um, and, and the team that gets him maybe if it's like Arizona, who's at least throwing uh, rumors out there that they'd like to move down, that might be the reason um, that they do it because they feel like they can get him later in the round and like the teens or something, but yeah, Derek Brown, guys like him, even if you love them, you just have to be positive that they can do that because two down players in the top 10, even the first round in general are just, just inherently disappointing. And like in the case of Danny Shelton, he went 14th. Danny Shelton's a, a fine player for what he is. Got a Super Bowl ring was, was, you know, an important piece for the Patriots in that game in that season, but you know, you know now he's a two-year, eight million dollar player for the Detroit Lions, and he'll be fine for that. But it's just not what you want to use a first-round pick on. No, uh, no, and especially and for the Browns, it's you know you're bringing him in as your fourth defensive tackle right now. We're not saying not to address the, the position, but it's not the most integral right now. And you know of the position he's right now, if you look at it as a meal. The left tackle is the meat. It's your main course. Uh, you know, the other stuff are essentially sides here. Not to say that they're not really, really great sides, but not pick 10 overall worthy. With that, we're going to put a uh, bow on this one here. Um, everything over uh, Browns Digest on SI.com. Pete Smith and his team obviously busting their bus here uh, with you know, about 34 hours to go now before we kick off the 2020 NFL draft. So make sure you're checking all that out. Make sure you're following at Browns Digest. Make sure you're following Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Make sure you're following the show at Locked On Browns all over case. Uh, follow back account. DMs are always open here. Um, guys, I got into this yesterday here with somebody. Look, if you send me 12 DMs, I'm not going to return every single one of them. And it got to the point where somebody actually stinking blocked me because of it. I leave my DMs open as a courtesy to you people. I also have to do it in regards to the show here and my personal account here. Just a way to get in touch with people. Um Please don't abuse the privilege and certainly don't be a douche about it. So, you know, thanks for the block. You did me a favor on that one. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, the, you know, DMs are open over there as well. Make sure you're giving a follow here. Uh, getting excited here. Juices are getting flowing here. We get a nice little break. Obviously, we had the Jordan documentary Sunday night to start the week off here. We're going to get some live stuff Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday. Uh, pray for the Wi-Fi on everybody. Um, this first round, who knows, could go seven hours. God forbid you have, you know, some questions here on how this is all going to work and out in you know, Seattle general manager having walls ripped out of his house to make sure the Wi-Fi is working correctly. So we're definitely in for a hell of a ride. 
tomorrow night. We got more coming here, obviously more shows before we kick this all off on Thursday night. Everybody stay safe, stay clean, um, you know, do your social distancing, uh, you know, try to keep yourself in a sane state of mind here. Again, it's, it is kind of difficult when you do not have a finish line. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.